Blog Talk Radio.
when I pull up in my right Tell me what you gon' do When I put it on you Are you feeling jealous of me? Stop it, silly Can't see me for free Let you bout it, yeah, yeah Are you really bout it, yeah, yeah All my bitches feel that way Paper all I did and we don't feel no way Always with the shit, no, I don't play no game Miss me with that shit, please, now don't come my way If you got that heart, then you can come my way mm-hmm. I'm going crazy Think you know me, but you never met me
Oh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you get emotional. And you get orange when you get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally orange. Yeah. In the TV radio. Sometimes. Yes, indeed. Exactly. <laughs> so, see, I did something really different today. I opened up the chat room. Oh, okay. The chat room is open. I'm trying to pop it into a different window, but I'm not sure what, what I'm doing here. The interface looks completely different from what it looked like before, but that's just us chopping it up. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Indie Review Radio. And for those of you that have been with us for a while, you know that we used to be in the chat room cutting up. And um, something changed with the format, and we just stopped using it. But I opened it up today, so we have a great show lined up. And if you want to ask us any questions or tune in, feel free to jump into that chat room and um, talk to us in real time. Or you can give us a call at 646-478-5123, and that's real time as well. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you got your Scooby Snacks and your drink together because that's what we do here. We've been doing it for years. Scooby Snacks and something to sip on. I have my tea. See what you got over there. I have a... Strong, um, extra, extra ginger rail. <laughs> A strong what? Extra ginger ale. Oh, okay. It's like it's like it's like ginger beer. It's like ginger beer. It's not really ginger ale. It's like because it's like right. you know it's like real it's really real strong. ginger in it. It's the real deal. Yeah, it's, it's the real the deal. It's real ginger. Your nose bubble. Yeah, your nose bubble. Right. Up. Right. No okay. alcohol, though. No alcohol. Okay, okay. Oh, I have my tea with lemon, honey, a dash of apple cider vinegar, and a dash of cayenne pepper. And that is what I drink most mornings. Oh, wow. Okay. Most mornings. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what? I, I got to I gotta start doing that. I used to do that. And sometimes I drop I got to start doing that again. You know. Yeah, yeah. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. So, yeah, we have a great show lined up. I'm really excited about our guest today because I absolutely love her voice. Um, and so, y'all stick around because it's going to be a good one. Um, but, you know, before we can do anything on the show, we absolutely, positively have to give our greetings to our listeners from around the world. And Sea Truth has become quite the expert at that. So, uh-huh. I'm going to let him do what yeah. he does fizzle. So, For all of those checking us out, no matter how you are doing that, no matter who you are or where you are, we say good morning, good afternoon, good night, 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 good Greetings. What's up? Yes. Look at that. And you guys know if we've missed your greeting or if you think there's something that you can add, feel free to let us know. You can call the number or you can email us at indiereviewcd at gmail.com and we'll be more than happy to add it to um, to the to the amazing to the amazing greeting that uh, C Truth puts out every time. 
No question, no question. Now, uh, last week you you mentioned uh, coming to America too, right? And uh-huh. you saw that, and uh-huh. I, I hadn't seen it yet. I, I have, I, I did see it uh, oh, this okay, past week. Okay, 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 okay. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was, you know, yeah, a, a right. Fun, you know. Um, I mean, I I could see, you know, certain people having problems with with particular things, but. I don't think it was a really big deal like that. For real. Like, it just wasn't. I agree 100%. 100%. Um, so I love the co- – this is what I loved about the show. I love the costumes. I love – Yeah, Ruth, Ruth Carter did those who, um, you know, Man. she's the same one that did um, the she's Black so Panther stuff. Yeah, she's so dope. And she, she's also done a lot of other things, too. Like, she, she's just really – um, her vision is amazing. Her vision is amazing. The music, of course, I love the dancing. You know, they still had some remnants of the original, which is always a good thing. You know, um, I like the special effects. <laughs> and the new, and the, uh, the the young guy that played his son, I thought he was kind of funny. He reminded me of Kevin Hart from time to time, but I thought he was kind of hilarious. And the beautiful daughter. Right. Those girls were gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of them was um, Eddie Murphy's actual real daughter. His actual daughter, yes, which I thought was really cool. And I saw a couple of interviews where they were asking her how she, you know, how it felt to work with her dad. So, yeah, that was cool. So, you know, whenever I see movies like this, and and so at the very least, see, would you say that you were entertained? Oh, no question. No question. It's entertaining, right? It's a movie to entertain you. I was just so taken aback by some of the people had about that movie. I'm like, y'all just want to be mad about something. Because there's really nothing to be mad about for that. Now, I will say that people that have that were committed to <laughs> the first coming to America are looking at it through a different lens. I get that. But I also hear from the younger generation that's never, they're not as committed to the first, you know, movie. So they're looking at this from a fresh, with a fresh view. And they love it. They loved it. So yeah, really interesting. But I'm glad you had a chance to, to watch it. I'm glad you had a chance to watch yeah. it. Um, and you guys, if you, you know, if you have your own special take on in, on uh, coming to America, give us a call, 646-478-5123. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Or guess what? The chat room's open. You can join us in the chat room <laughs> and put it there. So, yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you up to this weekend, see? Anything exciting? Um, no, not really. Probably try and catch a few spots since they're, like, opening up things a little bit more now. Um, okay. So, so be careful out there. Prob- yeah, yeah. I mean, I already saw, like, if, if people just, just crazy, you know, because it's like you letting the people who've been like kind of like imprisoned like out, <laughs> so they're just going wild. <laughs> so you it's know, really you, something to see. It's really something yeah, to see. It, it is. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be doing a little bit of that. I'm not sure where or what spot I'm gonna check out yet, but I'm, I'm gonna do that. And but other than that, just just kick back a little bit too, because you know we lose an hour this weekend. I know. Spring forward. 
already. 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 Yes, yes, and yes. And I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if time is flying because we've all been in the house or if it's just flying. It's just flying. I don't it's know. Just, it's just moving. Yeah, it's just so crazy. It's, it's just moving. moving. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think being inside has anything to do with it. I just think time is just moving. It's just the reality of it all. a lot of us, yeah, and I think a lot of people have realized that they really like being in the house. <laughs> That's right. You know, um, I know I, I'm a homebody anyway, so any excuse that I have to stay in the house, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I do venture out safely, and um, I'm always, I guess I shouldn't say surprised at this point, but, you know, when you drive by restaurants and you see that they are packed, packed, right? I went to pick up food a couple of weeks ago from the Juicy Crab. A DJ. Was it? They had a DJ inside. They had a full-on yeah. going on inside. And so I was like, yeah. oh, let me get my food and go. Like, it was so crazy. <laughs> and I thought to myself, yeah. like, are we all watching different news? Are we just in different spaces? Are we just, like, I mean, um, it's just, it's so, it's just a little bizarre sometimes to see. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get even it's going to get it's going to get even more uh, amplified, especially as it gets warmer and like as as things get a little bit more relaxed. It, it, it's whew, just wait; it's just beginning. And are you getting vaccinated, please? Have you? Have you uh, I don't, about I don't that know. Yet? I don't know. It's just still kind of early yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let I, um, else, you know, get the experiment done. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if everyone else is safe, I don't need the shot. And, you know, my reason is for a lot of other people, I really hate needles. Oh, okay. You don't want to get stuck. I really hate needles. And they are constantly showing people getting shots. I'm telling you, I'm like, I wish they would stop showing that. It's making me anxious. <laughs> However, I'm not... um. <laughs> um, that would be so that's my thing I don't like needles that's my reason but um, I don't think I'm as opposed to it as some others like I don't think I'm you know that I'm going to turn into an alien after I take it I don't think I'm going to grow another leg I don't think that um, I'm being microchipped um, because guess what every time you walk around with your cell phone you're being microchipped yep um, and and we're not gonna talk about the stuff y'all put in your mouth. So nothing compared to what's in that vaccine. Trust. But that being said, um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going to um, visit my mother at some point. For, so for sure, I mean, you know, I think I think she's been vaccinated already, but we'll see. But yeah, it just depends, yeah. you know. That's what's up. Yeah, not on a um a little more serious note. Uh, rest in power to Breonna Taylor. This is the uh, the, the year uh, since mm. the the tragic um, situation with her, you know, being murdered. Um, so, you know, mm. rest in power to her and uh, power to the family and all that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a, been Absolutely. a year since you know she was murdered just tragically. 
And they still have yet to get justice around that. And it's also been a year since we've been on lockdown. That's yes, that as well. Yep, that's right. That's right. You know. So hopefully, the new normal. Um, <laughs> the new normal. I mean, you know, I don't even trust people on the news that there's somebody pushing vaccination cards, like to say that you got your shot. Yes, I, I saw that also. Yeah. You can't trust people, and that's so sad, you know? That's really, really yeah, sad. Yeah, it's, it's So that's why it's you have great. to always do your due diligence. Right. You know, we right. have to do for you. Yeah, be smart. Um, but, yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah, we are, um, I guess we can hop into some tunes. Yeah, you, guys, you know what we're going to do? Don't forget to check out our Spotify. What are we going to do? Oh, oh, go ahead and let, let me know about Spotify. I was going to say, don't forget, um, yeah, don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist. Each truth has put his blood, sweat, and tears into that playlist. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know why that made me chuckle, but um, great, great music. And, you know, whether you're working out, going for your walk, cleaning the house, whatever it is, we got the music that's going to motivate you to do it. And be the best at it. So, yeah, check out the playlist on Spotify, Indie Review Radio. We are there. That's right. That's right. And we also have a a, a new joint from – you were talking about this before, the collaboration of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Yeah. And them working on something. We we have the first song from that collaboration that we're going to do a little bit later on in the program. We we have that – it's called Leave the Door Open. So – Leave your ears open um, and be prepared for that yeah. coming a little bit later on in the show. But before we do that, we have our guest that's joining us right about now. So we're going to do yeah. one of her tunes, and then we're going to come back with our guest. And you can join us as well, right. 646-478-5123, IndieReviewCD at gmail.com. The chat room is open. You can get into that as well. And yep. uh, in the meantime, between time, enjoy this. Hold me close. Jessica Jollier, and we'll be back with some more show, y'all. Interview for radio.
was getting it up in here. I was, that was, <laughs> I love that song. I love, I love, I love it. Jessica, are you there? I'm here. Girl, let me tell you something. I had to get <laughs> on the good foot for that song. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you like it. That song just makes me want to dance. Like, I just want to dance. <laughs> I so I did. had a lot of fun making it. it. It felt really good just, you know, from, from start to finish putting that one together. And I'm glad that you're receptive to it. It makes you feel good, too. Oh, yeah. I, that's, it just makes me want to dance. I was like, okay, okay, I'm festive. It's something something's <laughs> happening in my bones. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. We, you know, we play your music because we love it so much. And, um... You know, it's it's always great to be able to have these conversations so that our viewers can just get to know you and, you know, they hear your music all the time. So uh, really briefly, before we get into the interview, why don't you share a little bit about who Jessica is? Um, I am an artist, a songwriter, musician, producer, and um, I also own an independent record label um, called Decada Records. Um, I've been in music for probably as long as I can remember. I started playing um, alto and tenor saxophone when I was in elementary school, and I picked up a few additional instruments in high school. I went to college on a classical vocal scholarship, and um, later, thank you, later went on to do some um, touring um, after I moved from Sacramento to Los Angeles um, with some R&B artists, some pop artists, um, all different spectrums of touring um, smaller intimate um, venues and then some of the larger stadiums and arenas. And now I'm at a space in my career where I'm able to focus on my own artistry. Um, although I still do write for other artists as well, but I have mm-hmm. the space and time now to really focus on me and sharing me through my music. Um, whereas before I was mostly visible because I was working in support of other artists. And and what do you think it takes to get to that point? You know, because so many artists are constantly on the go, and it's almost like they're on this hamster wheel, right? Like it's like writing, producing, direct, I mean, uh, writing, producing, um, singing, perfecting, perfecting, perfecting. How do you get to the Mm -hmm. point in this particular business where you can take a breather and, and focus on the areas that you choose to focus on as opposed to chasing the things that are necessary? That's a great question. I think it really ultimately boils down to you being able to determine and define what your purpose is for what it is that you do, because a lot of people just have a love for music, and so they are willing to do any sort of work, whether that's touring, session work, songwriting, production, arrangements, anything that's music-related, because that's really what brings Mm -hmm. them joy. So it's not really that it's approached from a way that's really focused to begin with. There's always music in the forefront, but it's whatever I can do that's music related, I'm going to do all of that. And I think for me, you know, having a background in, um, you know, instrumental music, um, we did like, you know, I was in pet band, so I did that stuff. And then we did orchestra and having a background in classical vocal, but then also having, you know, written songs of my own and for others in in different genres, I kind of wanted to initially just do anything that was music related as well. But the more of that I did, 
the more I realized, you know, there actually are specific areas that I really feel like I am intentional about, things that I enjoy, things that other people may be more receptive to than others. And because music is, is a passion of mine, but I also feel it's my opportunity to reach other people and impact them in a positive way, I had to take a step back from just doing any and everything to really saying, no, actually, let me just hone in on what it is that I know I want to do and that can make the most impact on other people in in the best way possible. Now, I'm going to – so I, I I have this conversation often with people that read music, right? Mm-hmm. I personally feel like people that read and play instruments, um, and I'm even going to throw in that classical piece in there because I, too, was a classically trained singer for mm-hmm. the earlier part of my, you know, entertainment career, if you will. Um, I feel like there's certain, certain components in any one of those areas that expand you. And, you know, I think, like, when I look at – I was going to say, like, when I look at – so um, when I hear your voice, your octave, like, the way that, you know, your range – when I look at your bio even and the vast work that you've done, I always feel, I always feel like that um, solidifies my view. It could be wrong, but what's your take on that? Like, what is your take on the ability to read, and does that expand your territory in this musical landscape? I think I would have to agree in the sense that having really been immersed in music from that perspective mm-hmm. first, um, I, I think that it definitely adds to the depth and to the grasp and even to um, the creativity when I'm approaching creating or even the way that I listen to music because the average yeah. listener may be listening to, you know, different chord progressions and how many octaves, you know, did this person hit in this song the way that you may be listening to it. Mm, but also, right. you know, it, I think it, it keeps you open to being able to adapt and I think that that's extremely important to the success of an artist specifically and even a producer because if you get you know stuck in like let's just say you know my favorite genre even to listen to let's say it's a specific sound from the 90s and I Mm -hmm. do that and I do it well but that's all that I do so as you know sonically things change I'm not able to adapt because I lock into this and I also may not have the background of, you know, listening to music a certain way, reading music, knowing music theory and understanding how to approach anything that I create specifically from a musical perspective and not necessarily just either what I like or what other people like. So I think it definitely, for me, having that background for sure, I think has attributed to one, um, you mentioned, you know, the, the different genres um, and the different artists that you've seen that I've worked with, because you're right, there's R&B, there's pop, there's electronics, there's country, there's Absolutely. a lot of different things there. Um, and I think that only exposed to or only had an interest in one specific type of music and specifically didn't have um, a musical background where my foundation was, you know, learning scales, um, understanding mm-hmm. rhythm and mm-hmm. all of those. And I think I, you know, more or less may have been inclined to just go with whatever, maybe even whatever my parents listened to and not even have right. considered, you know, there's so many other different sounds and so many different ways to approach music. So I think 
for sure, for me, absolutely, having the background has been impactful in allowing me to to make music that's diverse. Yeah. I, I you know, there's people that disagree with me, and that's fine, but I, in my experience, I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a broader spectrum, um, depending on what the experience is, and the fact that you've been doing it for so long, since you were young, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's interesting. Now, you're from California. I'm and... from, well, yes, yes, more or less. I'm from Michigan originally by birth, but I uh-huh. moved to California. Yeah, when I was in elementary school in California, has been my home ever since. Okay. That's like me, right? We moved to California, and that was my formative years. We're there. And how, so Mm -hmm. in Sacramento of all places, so when we think about music, we don't think of Sacramento. But you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, how did growing up in that space influence your music? How you viewed um, music? I think as a child, development as a musician um, and as a singer, not necessarily even a songwriter, um, I grew up singing in church, and I knew a lot of people who were singers um, and musicians, but I wasn't, as a young child, I wasn't really a part of what I think would consider like a, a, the Sacramento music scene. I think that happened kind of mm-hmm. after college, and I was trying to, to really get a grip on what it was that I wanted to do musically. Um, but I think even with that said, there's a lot of talent in Sacramento. And I think the reason that, you know, when people think of California and they think of music, you know, they think of, of Southern California, Los Angeles, Hollywood, because that's what's popularized and people move to LA because there's so much opportunity there. Um, But there's a lot of talent in Sacramento, just not the same opportunities, not the same number of. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, you don't have, the experience that maybe, you know, a teenager that's going to Hollywood High would have um, as opposed to me who I went to a performing arts high school, but we literally just focused on musicianship. There were no courses on music business and entertainment to prepare me for what would come later. So, you know, I think the foundation of who I am as an artist, as a musician, as a songwriter came from my music education in Sacramento and then the further development being around other very, very talented and creative people in Sacramento, but ultimately choosing to relocate to Southern California where I knew there were more opportunities for me to use what I actually did learn though in Sacramento. Got you. That makes perfect sense. And you know, a lot of, there's there's so many artists in secondary markets, if you will, that don't have the outlets, and so all they do is perfect their craft <laughs> over and over and over again. And so you meet them, and you're like, whoa, where'd this person come from, you know? <laughs> They're like, we've just been here, sitting here singing and writing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, growing up in San that. Diego, that was my experience as well, you know, meeting artists blow you out of the water, and, and no one knows them. You know, no one's mm-hmm. heard them. And so it's like a struggle trying to be heard and seen. Um, one of the th- other things that I really, really love about you, and, I, and another reason that I feel like, and I've had this conversation a lot lately, around uh, musicians and artists reaching, the, you know, their pinnacle of success, whatever that looks like for them. But the humanitarian aspect of it, I believe that, you know, there's always a component of contribution with the most successful people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you uh, are humanitarian, I think, is amazing. And how do you incorporate that into your overall career? 
Well, it's definitely something that I am an advocate of. Um, it's something that has been ingrained in me since I was a child, you know, to, to one, uh, not just be kind to others, but be mindful of the needs of other people and how you can contribute to them in a positive way. So sometimes that comes through in my songwriting. Sometimes that may come through in a conversation with me, but I, whether I've been, you know, um, living in Southern California or in Sacramento, or even when I was away at school at one time in Oklahoma city, I've been very mindful of the different organizations that were available, um, whose, you know, beliefs and thoughts and values aligned with mine and did the work that I could do to make a positive contribution. Um, I think music for me is at least in this moment, um, my greatest ability to reach other people that may be, you know, mm-hmm. miles away or, or, you know, even in another country or somewhere where, I, you know, I don't have the opportunity to see them face to face or, you know, we maybe send them something for a meal or whatever that may be. Um, but in, in that I, you know, am writing and releasing music from that mindset. Um, I make right. sure, you know, when I'm, when I am posting, whether I'm posting my content, you know, if it's a song that I feel is fitting or, um, touches on a specific subject matter that, you know, there's a caption that explains it, or, you know, I'm not one to necessarily, you know, say every single time that I donate to somewhere, I'm going to post it because I don't think that that's really the spirit of humanitarianism. Um, you know, always boasting about what the work is that you do, but I, I post specifically, you know, that I am a humanitarian. So people know where I'm coming from when they read about me, when they hear about me, when they maybe see me or meet me for the first time. So they have an understanding that to me, you know, it's, it's so, it is, like you said, so important to, to make a positive contribution to humanity, not to be self-absorbed. Um, you know, the reason yeah. that I do the things that is not for the attention. Um, but again, like I said, just to, to be as a po- as positive of a person and make as positive of an impact as I can in my lifetime. And it's about enrollment too, you know, you, you're, other mm-hmm. people see you doing it like, you know, I could do that, you know, and it's just, yes. it creates, and before you know it, we're all helping each other and serving each other, which I think is beautiful. And I know mm-hmm. that um, it's just, I, in my experience, it's just one of those things where when you, when you find people that are truly talented and um, have the platform and they use it for things like that, you always see their name in light. That's what I always say, you know. <laughs> you always see their name in life. And I know that C. Truth has been very quiet, but he has some questions for you because we've been really looking forward to chatting with you. So, you know? yeah, yeah, I have questions. I have questions. And if anyone else does as well, 646 478 5123, join us in the chat room, interview CD at Gmail as well. That's how you can get at us, of course, social media as well, Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah. You've you worked with you know a, a number of organizations, the Endometriosis Foundation, NAACP, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and you know a host of others. Has there or is there one in particular that resonates with you more because there's kind of like a personal connection to it, like someone you know or you know someone family-wise has you know been dealing with any situations like that? Is there any one particular? you know, area or subject or organization? I think for me, um, probably at the moment, the one that resonates the most with me is the Endometriosis Foundation of America because it's something that I've dealt with personally. 
um, in 2019, I I had to go to the hospital a number of times at the beginning of the year, um, and I was misdiagnosed a number of times. Um, and then a few months later, uh, I found out that I had a, a large ovarian cyst. Um, and with endometriosis, they can't really diagnose you with endometriosis until you have a procedure. Um, and the size of my cyst had to be removed regardless if I wanted to do that or not. So um, I, around the time frame that I was diagnosed, um, I also had the opportunity to go on tour with the Jonas Brothers. And I knew that I would be in a lot of pain. I knew that there were health risks. And I knew that I likely did have endometriosis as well. Um, but I looked at it as an opportunity to, rather than staying home, and waiting on a surgery date because for me, I needed a specific surgeon surgeon who performed a specific type of surgery, which for me was robotic surgery. So it wasn't like they said, oh, you have a cyst, we'll schedule you for surgery, you know, next week. It was, this surgeon won't be available for at least three months. So I knew, okay, if I stay home, I'll be in pain and probably just be anxious about waiting for my surgery date, or I can choose to go on tour, do something that I love, um, you know, be mindful that I do have this condition, but also use this as an opportunity to reach as many people as possible. While I was on tour outside of my bandmates, I didn't publicize that I was even experiencing anything that I was dealing with. Um, the people that were in, you know, the immediate circle and on the tour bus with me, they knew, you know, how many days I would wake up and literally be in excruciating pain and just pacing up and down, um, you know, the bus. Uh, waiting for the medication to kick in, how many nights, you know, I couldn't really sleep really well, and how many, you know, times that, yeah, I would have to sleep in, like, these awkward positions and not be able to eat and, and all this other thing, all these other things. Um, but I wanted to do the best that I could to set an example of, one, you know, taking what you have been dealt and, and, and doing the best that you can do with it and then hopefully it was my hope that, you know, at the end of the tour, I would be able to have the procedure, the pr procedure would be successful, and then I could share my story with other people who are experiencing the same thing with endometriosis. It's, for many people, it's a lifelong, long-term complication that um, yeah. you have to manage, you know, with medication, um, with modified diet, with exercise um, and it, it can be very, very painful for some people. Um, it prevents them from having children. So there's a lot of things that come in play with that. And so for me, after having the procedure and everything, you know, well, number one, for sure, being diagnosed with endometriosis, but with the surgery being successful and me then being comfortable with, with sharing, it's allowed me not only to, um, you know, work specifically with the foundation, but also raise awareness online. It's allowed other people to share their stories. You know, so many people reached out to me to say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, you were in that much pain because when we spoke with you, you were always pleasant and you smiled. And, you know, and there were times where, you know, I was literally fighting back tears because that's how much pain I was in, but it was just something that I was determined to do. Wow. So now wow. having the opportunity, yeah, to really work um, with the community, with the different organizations, um, it is very near and dear to my heart because I, I can say firsthand how difficult it is just, you know, be at home doing regular day-to-day -day activities, let alone being on almost a year-long tour away from home, you know, away from family, friends, 
sleeping on a tour bus that really kind of feels like a coffin <laughs> because of how small <laughs> it is and uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I've, I've done oh. it all. So yeah, I think for me, um, that one's for sure, um, is, is really, really special to me. And I'm glad to be able to contribute in, in as many ways that I can. Absolutely. Well, kudos to you and, and, and much accolades to you for, for doing that and, and powering through like all of that to, you know, make a difference and to let people see, you know, an example of how you don't need to be like this chained down and, you know, imprisoned by something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and I, I do know someone as well who, who deals with that and, you know, has had that situation. So I, I you know, definitely know how hard that is to, to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, personally. Um, what is it like to be the founder and run your own record label and, and, and company in today's, you know, day and time? Because I think people may get that twisted and think that it's just, you, you know, you put some posts out there, release some tunes or what have you, and they don't, they don't see the whole scope of what that means to actually, you know, to run a company, you know, like that. So can you tell us, like, some day-to-day stuff that – you have to do in order to run your own independent label. Yeah, sure. I mean, and I understand, you know, how there are so many misconceptions because you can, you know, choose to distribute through, I mean, there are so many online distributors to distribute, to distribute your music through and you have the ability to type in whatever you want to type for your label name, whether it's actually an established legitimate entity or not. You know, I can say ABC one, two, three records and that's what it is. And I can say that's my label because that's what I've, you know, filled in on my form when I'm sending my music out to Spotify and Apple Music. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I've done the work to literally form a company. So um, the name itself, Decada Records, um, is actually from a story that my parents tell me um, when I was almost two. They said that, you know, I was still trying to say my name, but I couldn't say Jessica. So I was saying Decada. And they, they were looking at me like, what oh am I saying Decada? I can't take it. Jessica. That is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> their favorite stories and it stuck with me so when I got to a space where I kind of was like okay I've had all of these meetings with these labels and you know for for what they're presenting most people especially when they're I would say you know emerging artists they're not necessarily presenting the best opportunities they're more able to appeal and appease the people who I just want to put my music out and I just need a couple bucks and you know they're not looking at oh well okay by the way you know they're giving you this $20,000 advance but they own your rights for 25 years um I, I wanted to do something that made sense for me but also provided opportunity for other people who were looking to, you know, further their career, but not be in a situation where their music was being shelved, um, where they weren't really in creative control, or at least to the extent that they would like to be. Um, And, you know, who just all around were not, you know, they, they were presented with opportunities, agreements, things of that nature that made sense and did not put them in a bad position. Um, so for me at this point, you know, there's a lot of admin work day to day, uh, a lot of emails, um, a lot of scheduling, a lot of meetings. Um, I have um, a lot of people who are submitting at the moment um, to be considered mm. uh, to be added to the roster for production, for songwriting, for artists. There's people who are looking for 
artist development. And it's exciting. Wow. Um, I also have, you know, a, a team. So I have a management team that consists of three other people, um, basically, uh, to help with my day-to-day stuff and, and a lot of the, the logistics and the legal things. Um, and it makes it easier. But even with that said, there is a lot that I have to do myself. So it's something that is ever-growing. It's something that's time-consuming um, because there's not necessarily a department head for every little thing that needs mm-hmm. to be addressed for, you know, for, for getting the copyrights and for the trademarks and for contract reviews and things of that nature. For the business you know, we do stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A legitimate business. So we do, you know, the team and I, you know, we work together to, to get everything done. Um, but it's, it's a lot of work and it's, it's still, even at this stage, it's a lot of research on me because I'm constantly looking for new ways to market and to advertise, try to do things that are innovative because in a sense, you know, there are still so many people who are making their music available, you know, on all the digital platforms. And in order to stand out, you really have to do things that are very creative and very unique. Um, and really you do have to understand, you know, marketing and advertising, the different strategies that work, understanding your audience, understanding their likes and their dislikes. And it's a lot, but you know, that said, it's, it's still, uh, you know, it's a huge passion of mine. It's something that I wanted to do for many, many years. And so I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to pour my effort and my energy into this to the extent that's needed, um, rather than still kind of being, pulled here and there, whether it's session work or touring or whatever you may be, and then squeezing in a little bit of time to maybe focus on that. Yeah. And do you find, you know, I find that a lot of artists are, they want to just be the artist, but they negate the business side of the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you run across often? Very, very often. Um, And, you know, again, speaking to, you know, the larger labels, um, and I don't like to speak negatively on anyone or anything, but a lot of yeah. the deals that the the larger labels are presenting, um, they are signed by people who don't have the information and don't even necessarily care to have the information. Um, you know, I, I, I actually just the other day had a, a friend reach out to me on Instagram, just, you know, shoot me a message. Hey, I just had a meeting with such and such label. They offered me this advance and you know, these are the terms and I'm, and then, you know, at the very end he said, and I think maybe this is something that's um, just standard for them. And I'm like looking, I'm like, well, number one, you know, there's not really standard because you're you and you're only one you. So (laughs) you're you're in position to negotiate what makes sense for you. And if it's, you know, take it or leave it situation, then that's not a company that you want to work with anyway. Um, But, you know, I, I do get, you know, I understand the desire to really just be able to dive into the creative side and constantly, you know, focus on that and build up your catalog and what have you. But, you know, to do all of that work and then only to, to make a fraction of what you actually deserve, you know, it's not beneficial for anyone. It's, it's, it's disheartening to know that so many people have done that because of their lack of information, the lack of music, you know, business education. So that is something that's really important to me to address um, while running this label. And, you know, even now I, I have consultation services available, available, but also am always open, you know, to, to giving guidance and suggestions 
to those who reach out to me so they don't end up in a situation where, you know, years later it's like, oh, if I only knew. If I only knew, right. So mm-hmm. one last question, Jessica, and then we're going to let you go because we could talk all day. So <laughs> when did you know <laughs> – when did you know that you're, you had such a wide range? When did you know that you were five octaves? Um, <laughs> I think I was always, like, I always sang around the house and stuff. And, like, my parents will tell you, anybody that's close to me will tell you, like, I'm, I'm very much an old soul. So, like, I, the stuff that I grew up listening to was the stuff that my parents and grandparents listened to. I knew what was playing on the radio, but I still just preferred probably what I heard around the house more often. And so my one of my dad's favorite songs um, is um, Memory Lane, Minnie Ripperton. And, okay, um, yes. He was playing it, uh, you know, just around the house or whatever. And I don't even know how old I was, but I, I was a kid, probably at least in elementary school at the time. And I was just singing along with it. And, like, I remember he turned it down and he looked at me and he was like, wait, do that again? <laughs> <laughs> and I did it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just thinking I'm singing, like, not realizing, like, you know, a lot of people can't do that. And um, he was like, okay, I think you got, you got something. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I love singing, so I, I, tend, I tended to listen to stuff that would hit, you know, those high, high, high notes just to see how high it could go. And then, you know, you, later on, of course, you know, there's now there's Ariana Grande and before her, Mariah mm-hmm. Carey and right. uh, lots of people. You know, I mean, even Denise Williams, great range. So oh, yeah, really, right. I, that was another one, yeah. too. Silly of me, yes. right? Oh my gosh! Yep. So I listen to that's stuff a singer like that song. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, I listen to artists like that, and and I realize like, wow, okay, you know, this this is pretty cool because you know it's one thing to say like, oh, you know, I'm a soprano or whatever, and you know those things, but when you get way way up there, it's like now you're actually, and that's actually what eventually led me to auditioning for a scholarship for classical vocal because. I knew that was something that I could use, you know, in the, the different recitals and the different operas that we would do or the musicals and Broadway musicals and things of that nature. So I think I learned it, you know, that I, I became aware of it when I was really young. And then as I got older, I just really, really focused on it so that if given the opportunity to sing live, it was something that I could just do on command. And it wasn't like, oh, well, she can do that in the studio, but, you know, give her a microphone. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> doesn't sound the same. Yeah, exactly. Right. Aw. Well, we really enjoyed our time with you today. Um, so are you currently working with other artists, and is there a way that people can contact you if they're interested in learning more about the label? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have my email contact in my bio section on my social media okay. pages, uh, but it's Perfect. also just info, info at Decatur Records. And um, it goes to our admin, but I get CC'd on everything. So I see everything that comes in. If anything, you know, immediately stands out to me, I'm usually the one to respond before anyone else. Um, But if not, you know, even, you know, with admin, they'll reach out and kind of give a little more insight on what we're doing, maybe what we're looking for at the time, um, and just kind of start the dialogue from there. But yes, I'm I'm always open and, and, um, you know, for the people who, 
are in line with, you know, the same, the, the goals and the values of the label who would actually be, you know, a good fit and a joy to work with. And this is, this of course includes people that may be interested in working with you, the singer, right? Same yep, information. Absolutely. Yep. Same okay. info. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So now that you've been on this show, I just want you to know that you are in, considered an intellectual. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yes. And my best friend in my head. So with that, we're going <laughs> to let you go. <laughs> thank you. I love it. Thank you so much for <laughs> best friend. We're thank you best. so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah. So don't ignore my inboxes. I'm not stalking you. I'm just communicating with my best friend. <laughs> okay, that's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Jessica. And anytime you're working of on course. anything or there's something that you want to share, please let us know. You're more than welcome to come back anytime. Okay, I will do that. Thank you so much. Perfect. You have an amazing weekend, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Aw, my new best friend. She was, she was so really, was, um, really great. Yeah, it's so dope. And, you know, it's, he's such the gamut, right? Like, there's, you know, when you think about artists and creatives, some people put themselves in a box and they're very limited, and she's not that. So I think that's really awesome. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's get to more of her, you know, music-wise. Yeah. Um, her yeah. new joint, No Question. Jessica Jollier here on the program. Indie Review Radio, 646-478-5123. Indie Review CD at gmail.com. That's what it is. We got some more show on the way. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. 
three. Everyone is dealing with the damaging patterns of resentment, criticism, guilt, and self-hatred. Four, there, uh, these are only thoughts, and thoughts can be changed, which is a really powerful one. We have to be really careful in the things that we say to ourselves every day. Um, five, we need to release the past and forgive everyone, including ourselves. That's a big one, too. Number six is self-approval and self-acceptance, and the now are the keys to positive changes. And lastly, but not least importantly, the point of power is always in the present moment. And what does that mean? That means no matter what happened three minutes ago or what you think is going to happen five minutes from now, right now is where you make all of your decisions. Right now is where you can make choices that affect your life forever. So all of your power is in the current present moment. And those are the seven PowerPoints, and that is our daily slice for today. Any parting words, Steve? Uh, no, just that they should uh, check out the Spotify playlist. It's updated immediately, yeah. like after the show ends, so you can get everything on there that uh, we have played, and you could dance just like yeah. Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't. I probably burnt about 140 calories today during the show, but it's all good. So you guys, listen. Next week, C Truth and I are here, same time, same place. Another great show lined up for you. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting us. And if you have any questions or um, anything that you want to send us, including music or ideas, do so at IndieReviewCD at gmail.com. But we'll see you next week. And as always, we're sending you lots of love and light. And until we meet again, peace. You are magic. Those from who you are, it's so tragic. When we think we're not enough, we just get drastic.
And what a game 